Hello, welcome to Going Deeper with God. My name is Andrew Page. I'm part of the teaching team at Above Bar Church in Southampton. It's great to be back um, and it's great to be wanting to go deeper with God. And the way we do that uh, in going deeper with God is we look at the Bible together because the Bible is given to us by God so that we can get to know him and then get to know him better. So if we're already believers in Jesus, this is a great thing to do to study the Bible. And uh, if we're not yet believers in Jesus, it's a great way of getting to know more about him uh, to make our own mind up uh, whether we're going to trust him or not. Uh, this series that we're beginning today uh, is in Paul's letter to the Philippians. So it'd be great if you could turn to that if possible. It's a wonderful, wonderful letter, which probably quite a number of us know very well. But the Holy Spirit will use this as we open ourselves up to him to speak into our lives. So the first passage is going to be Philippians 1 verses 1 to 11. The title for the whole series is Joy and the Gospel. Joy and the gospel. Uh, we're going to sing together first to start the whole series off. That would be wonderful. And it's about Jesus. Let's worship him uh, and let's sing together. Crown him with many crowns.
Yes, let's crown him in our hearts. Let's crown him in our lives. He is Lord. Uh, Let's read our passage. Um, That's Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. And the title uh, that I've given this passage is Paul Loves Christians. Paul Loves Christians. Philippians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership with the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. And whether I am in my chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 to 11, Paul loves Christians. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that we have your word in our hands. Please take our lives into your hands and speak into them. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we're starting a, a letter in um, in the New Testament, we need to just see who wrote it and who it's written to. We'll do that quickly. Um, have a look at who Paul is in verse one. He's a servant of Christ Jesus. Timothy is there too. He's probably writing it down while Paul is dictating. But Paul is committed to serving Jesus. The other thing about Paul is that he is passionate about God's people. He's passionate about what Jesus is doing in building his church. So we're going to see Paul, the way he expresses his love to the Christians in Philippi. I think Paul often gets a bad press. I think some people think Paul is very distant and hard and no emotions. I don't think he's like that at all. I think Paul shows his love to the uh, to his brothers and sisters in Philippi here and um, uh, it's wonderful and it's an example for us. Um, Paul was the one who, uh, with God's help, planted the church in Philippi. You can read that in Acts chapter 16. It's a great story of how the church in Philippi was the first church in Europe, uh, how it came into being. So that's Paul. And the Philippians, they are saints. Actually, that's the word in verse 1 where the NIV has to all God's holy people. But that's a good translation because saints means God's holy people. Uh, if we tr- if we're trusting in Jesus, we are counted as part of God's holy people. It's great good news. And the other thing about uh, these uh, the people who are reading this letter is that they have two addresses. Uh, they have uh, one address is there in Philippi. That's in verse one. And the other address, that's also in verse one, they're in Christ Jesus. 
And that's actually true of all Christians. Uh, I know that we're not in Philippi, but if you're in Southampton and you're a believer in Jesus, you have two addresses, Southampton and Jesus. You belong in Southampton and you belong in Jesus. It is just great good news. Feel free to lift your heart and to worship. Uh, So now we're going to look and uh, have a look at Paul's love for the Christians in Philippi. Have a look particularly at verses 7 and 8. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Now this is really strong language. This is Paul really putting it out there and saying, I love you guys. I love you. You are my brothers and sisters. Have a look at verse uh, eight. I long for all of you. That's a very strong expression. When did you last say that to anyone? I long for you. Or look at verse seven. Uh, um, Where is it? I have you in my heart. I mean, that's again a very strong expression. When did you last say that to anyone? Can you see how much Paul loves Christians and particularly in this case, the Christians in Philippi? It is great good news. And if you're a believer in Jesus, you love Christians too. I mean, you may not use expressions like I have you in my heart and I long for you, but you do have a special love for Christians. I mean, <clears throat> I know we're, we're called to love everyone. Of course, that's true. But the New Testament says there is a special love between Christians because we are brothers and sisters through the Lord Jesus. The same Holy Spirit lives in us. And it create and, and that whole that creates a special bond. The Holy Spirit, he is at work in us and there is a special love there. So if you want to love other Christians, uh, then it's it's great to express that. And that's what Paul does in this passage. Uh, one of the things that's interesting about this passage, I don't know if you noticed when, when we were reading it, Paul doesn't once tell the Philippians some, something that they ought to do. All he's doing is telling them about himself. He's introducing himself and particularly saying here, I love you guys. Well, Paul is a great example. He's passionate about other Christians. He loves them and he expresses that love. And there are three ways in which he expresses his love for the Christians in Philippi here. And they have helped me uh, to express my love uh, for other Christians and I, I'm, I'm expecting that to happen again, that it will it will spur me on to want to express love to other Christians. And I'm praying it will do the same for you, too. So what's the first way that Paul expresses his love for the Christians? Firstly, in verse three, thanksgiving. Verse three, I thank my God every time I remember you. <laughs> it's a very short sentence, but it's wonderful. Uh, Paul can't think of the church in Philippi without saying hallelujah. (laughs) He thanks God. There may be things in the church that are not quite right. That's one of the reasons he's written this letter. But overwhelmingly, he's full of thanksgiving when he thinks of the Christians in Philippi. I thank my God 
every time I remember you. So he never thinks of them and thinks, oh, he thinks of them and says, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for my brothers and sisters in Philippi. I thank my God. Now, I think it's really interesting. It's not only true that Paul thanks God for the Christians in Philippi. It's also true that he tells them that he thanks God for them. Can you imagine the impact of that? When this letter was read out for the first time and it arrived in Philippi and it's read out in a meeting of the church family. And Paul says, I thank my God every time I remember you. How do they feel? Oh, wow. I think they feel great. The Apostle Paul thanks God for us whenever he thinks of us. Well, we can do that. We can communicate that to others. We should be thanking God for one another. I'm sure there are Christians you can think of and you think, oh, I thank God that I know them. Or I thank God for their example. Well, tell them. You can either say it to them or you can text it to them or you can write them an email or write them a card. But it will do them so much good. It's a way of expressing love. That's the first thing, thanksgiving. Secondly, uh, in verse 6, encouragement. Look at verse 6. It's one of the most well-known verses in uh, the letter and one of the most well-known verses in the New Testament. Paul writes that he's confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I don't know if you're into learning verses off by heart. Most people aren't these days. But if you're not into it, then please make an exception for Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Look at this verse. I'm going to read it again. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Imagine how they're feeling. I mean, they're probably feeling pretty frail and pretty weak sometimes, don't we all? And yet here's Paul saying, I am confident that the one who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. In other words, when God starts something, he finishes it. God doesn't let his children go. I mean, if he did, I wouldn't be a Christian anymore because there have been times when I've kind of basically given up being a Christian. But God has always come to collect me and pick me up and get me started again. And I'm sure he's done that for you, too. If you look closely at verse six, you'll see that there's something about our past, about our present and about our future. Our past. He who began a good work in us. That's God. When we when we were converted, whether you know when you were converted or not, that's not the important thing. But even some at some point you were converted, you put your trust in Jesus. Uh, do you think God was surprised? <laughs> of course he wasn't. He began the good work in you. He was at work in you, bringing you to faith in Jesus. That's your past, your present. He will carry it on to completion. He's carrying it on now, today, now. The Holy Spirit is at work in your life. It's no accident that you're watching this and listening to this and reading Philippians. It's all part of what God is doing to keep working in your life. And our future is here too. 
Uh, the Holy Spirit will do this until the day of Christ Jesus. That's the day when Jesus comes back in glory. It's going to happen and we will see Jesus face to face. Well, God is going to look at look look after us, keep hold of us, keep working in us all the time up until Jesus comes back. Oh, let yourself be encouraged. I hope you are encouraged. We can be confident that he who began a good work in us will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Oh, feel free to lift your heart in worship. Now, couldn't you use your version of Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 to encourage another Christian? Couldn't you write a card to another Christian, someone in your home group or someone who's not in your home group and just say, I'm so thankful that God will never let you go. I thank God that he is going to bring you to glory one day. That will do them good. You can write other stuff about what you bought at the shops and how your knee is doing and what you what what the summer holiday that you wish you'd had and, and didn't have. But you could also say, God's never going to let go of you. And I'm grateful to him for that. Encouragement. Imagine how the first readers felt when they heard chapter 1 verse 6 of the letter. Well, we can encourage others and we can let ourselves be encouraged by this fantastic sentence that Paul has written. Oh, this has got me worshipping. I'm really glad I'm doing this today. <laughs> <laughs> so we've looked at thanksgiving we've looked at encouragement and the third way in which paul shows his love for christians is prayer have a look at verse four in all my prayers for all of you i always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now in all my prayers for all of you, verse 4, I always pray with joy. I pray for you. I pray for you. He, he tells them that he prays for them. He doesn't just pray. He tells them that he's praying for them. That's That'll do them good in itself, won't it? And he prays with joy. Now, a lot of people would say that, that the main theme of the letter to the Philippians is joy. And it certainly is something that comes a lot. I think the main theme of the letter to the Philippians is joy and the gospel because they're always linked and the more gospel centered we are the more joy we will experience I think that's your experience it certainly is mine the more gospel centered we are the more joy we will experience and Paul is praying with joy verse 5 because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, the Philippian Christians, these young Christians, they wanted other people to get to know Jesus too. So they were working for it and praying for it. Well, Paul prays and he tells them that he prays. And not only that, he tells them what he prays for them. Because that's what verses 9, 10 and 11 are about. Now, I'm sure that he prayed lots of things for the church in Philippi, but there are three things he singles out. And these will be great things to pray for one another, to pray for people in your home group, to pray for people in a bub bar church or whatever church family you're from, to pray for other Christians. Three things in verse 9, verse 10 
and verse 11. Have a look at them. And I, I think this is important because sometimes I catch myself praying just about um, things like somebody's bad back. And that's good. It's good to pray for that. Or I'm praying that uh, someone who's applied for a job will get this job. Whatever. I'm praying for things like that. And that's good. It's, it's great to pray those things. Don't get me wrong. But I sometimes never pray these kinds of prayers that are here in verses 9, 10 and 11 of Philippians 1. They are a great reminder of things we can pray for one another. I would love other people to be praying these things for me. And I would like to be praying these things for other people. The first thing in verse 9 is love. This is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Surprise, surprise, the first thing is love, because this passage is about Paul's love for the Christians in Philippi. We've already seen that in verses seven and eight. And he's saying, I want your love to abound. That's a very strong word. Uh, more and more in knowledge and depth of insight and the word knowledge in the new testament is often referring to us knowing god the more you know god the more your love will grow your love for him and your love for other christians and your love for everyone love grows the more we get to know god and paul is saying i am praying for you brothers and sisters in philippi that your love will abound more and more i'm praying your love will grow now, it doesn't take long to pray that prayer, but it would be great to pray that, wouldn't it? You could you could arrange with another Christian, uh, whether they've watched this and listened to this or not, you could say, why don't we pray for one another in the next week? Let's try to pray every day that our love will grow, our love for God and our love for others. Be great if we prayed that for one another. That's the first prayer. The second one is wisdom. Verse 10, so that you may be able to discern what is best. Now, this is about having the wisdom from God to know what the best thing is. Often we're in, in life and we're, we're confronted with various possibilities. Shall I do this or this? And it's difficult often to know, isn't it? And we pray about it. That's good. And Paul is saying, I'm praying that you will have discernment. I'm praying that God will give you wisdom so that you make wise decisions as to what you do and how you live. It's the second prayer, great prayer. And we do know from the New Testament that God loves to give wisdom to his children. Oh, he's praying for love. He's praying for wisdom. And thirdly, the second half of verse 10 and verse 11, Paul is praying for beauty. Look at the second half of verse 10. Um, so that you may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. It's actually talking about becoming more like Jesus. And I've chosen to use the word beauty. It's, it's saying, I want you to become more like Jesus. I'm praying you'll become more like Jesus. I'm praying that the Spirit will use the Bible more and more in your lives, God's truth in your lives more and more, and you will become more like Jesus, the beauty of Jesus. Oh, I, I, I mean, 
you hear these stories again and again and they're true of people who were not Christians and got to know some Christians and thought that what these people believe is a bit weird and I don't agree with it but there is something about these people what is it and they get to know other Christians maybe in a church and they say well they're all very different kinds of people different politics different sense of humor etc but there's something about them and what they what they're seeing is actually the beauty of Jesus not perfectly of course but they are seeing the beauty of Jesus and it's that that attracts people and then it makes them open and they start to think well maybe what they these Christians believe is actually true the beauty of Jesus here's a question for you if you're a believer in Jesus do you want to become more like him I'm sure the answer is yes well, wouldn't it be great if people were praying that for you, that you'll become more like Jesus, that this fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ will be more and more evident, visible in your life? And wouldn't it be great to praying to pray that other people will have more and more of the beauty of Jesus in their lives? I really think this is very exciting. It'd be just great to arrange with somebody else to pray these prayers for one another. There's an old chorus. I'm not sure I even know the words perfectly. I'm sure someone's going to contact me after this, after, after this and correct me. Uh, Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. All his boundless compassion and purity. O thou spirit of spirit divine, Take this poor heart of mine. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. It's a great prayer. It's the second half of verse 10 and it's verse 11 in Philippians chapter 1. So here are these prayers. Here's the third way that Paul shows his love for the Christians in Philippi. He prays for them and he tells them that he prays for them and he tells them what he prays for them. Love, wisdom and beauty. Oh, I'm really going to start praying that people will start praying those things for me. <laughs> and I want to pray it for you. I'm going to pray it for all of us in a minute. Uh, whoever's watching this uh, at any point, I'm going to be praying it for you. We're going to sing first. And before we sing, I'm just going to say a short prayer. But can you see the, the love of Paul for Christians? And he shows his love for, the, for, for Christians by thanksgiving, by encouragement, don't forget verse 6, and by prayer. And he's calling us. God is calling us. God is calling us to show our love for one another. And we can do it in these ways. Is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Is he reminding you of some particular person you could write a card to or an email or meet up with? Oh, let's love one another, brothers and sisters. And the world will see. And the world will want to know Jesus too. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your great love to us and thank you for Paul's example of the way he loves the Christians in Philippi. Thank you for his thanksgiving, 
his encouragement and his prayers. Please help us to live that out. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Joy and the Gospel, the theme of the letter to the Philippians. We're going to sing a song. Come, children of the risen King. No, come, people of the risen King. But we are also his children. Uh, and it, and the chorus is rejoice. And of course, it's rejoice because of the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Let's sing together. Rejoice, rejoice in Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we, we rejoice in Jesus that he is the risen King. Lord Jesus, you died and rose again. We worship you.
And Father, I want to pray for everyone who's watching to watching this and listening to this. I pray that their love may abound more and more as they get to know you better. I pray that you'd give them wisdom to discern what is the best thing to do as they make decisions about life. And I pray that the beauty of Jesus may be more and more visible in their lives. Father, please help us to love one another. And we pray all these things in the great and strong name of Jesus. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.